0: meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com well she's got a lot of th- Diary of Jen Kirkman Podcast. Oh my God, was that just a theme song? Did someone just up the production value up in here? Yes. Hi. Episode 7. I Seem Fun. The Diary of Jen Kirkman Podcast. I would love to thank... Jingle Joe. I don't know if I'm supposed to say his last name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But he sent an email to Todd Glass, not to name drop. And Todd Glass forwarded me that email not to technology drop. And um, he noticed I didn't have a theme song and this popped into his head while he was driving. And he said, can you pass it along to her? And Todd passed it along to me. And he didn't expect me to use it. And that's why I'm using it. But I, I I love it. For the longest time, I didn't want a theme song because I think the point of this podcast is that I'm slowly revealing that I'm not that fun and maybe kind of maybe misanthropic, maybe not, but it doesn't mean I can't have a theme song that seems to be like a sarcastic Beach Boys song. I like it. Thank you. Thank you, Jingle Joe. I don't know (laughs) what the name of his business is, how you can get in touch with him. So maybe you should listen to the Todd Glass Show, his podcast. Maybe they talk about it on there. I am a fan and I listen to his show and I don't think they do either, but maybe Jingle Joe could email me. and, And on the next episode, if he has a business he wants to plug, I'll plug it for him. Oh, guys, girls. So... I want to thank you all for hanging in there. The ones who have hung in. Now, I said to myself, I'm not going to look at the numbers. First of all, let me greet you properly. I am in my bed. I am plugging in something. Sorry, I just got distracted. I'm not editing that out. I am in my bed. I am sort of laying on my side. I'm having some tea. I know that's going to be a disaster. I will spill it. Anyway, I looked at my numbers. I was just curious, man, did a lot of people listen to the first three episodes and man did half of them not listen to the rest. Now, maybe they're too busy and they didn't get around to it, but these numbers don't tell me who actually listened. They tell me who downloaded it. So I have a feeling there was some drop off, but I mean, I'm not getting down. People will be back. They'll come back. Don't force your friends to listen to it. There's nothing worse. Then when people tell me I bought your album for a friend, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Unless they say I want that album, of course, then do that, do that, do that. But anyway, I'm not going to look at the numbers anymore because there's no need to. I'm not, I don't have advertisers. I don't have a quota to fill. I just looked once now. I know. Okay, got it. Maybe I'll check again in a year, see what's going on. I checked the uh, iTunes comments. I have been, uh, you know, I looked once and I like that people are doing the suggestions I made of just uh, giving it five stars and then saying, writing either who cares or I listened to the podcast as their comment. I love it. Read a couple. She needs a co-host. What is this, this show is though? So it's like saying to you, you need to be black Well, I was born white. Well, then, you know, what kind of, will just be black then. I can't. Now, I know it's a lot easier for me to get a co-host than it is for you to change your race, but it's not. It's just as illogical to me to be something I'm not. I don't want to co-host. I want to lay in bed and babble. I, I almost did so many other iterations of a podcast. And guess why? It took 5,000 years. Cause I couldn't get it together with other people. It's too hard. The scheduling. Just let me sit in bed and talk in a microphone. You think I need a co-host? Then you know what you can do? Press play and talk back to me. And every time you have something to say, hit pause and then talk and you can be my co-host. How's that? I almost started an email address for this podcast. Cause I, I do want people I'm thinking I want people to write in stuff that they do that they think is fun that nobody else would. Or write to me about things that other people find fun that they don't and they feel left out. I think it would be funny to intersperse and read those, but I don't want to open up too much people getting in touch with me. I don't want any weird letters about things that aren't quite what I asked for. and, And I don't want, you know, suggestions or I hate you dumb C word and all that kind of stuff. You know, I get uh, There's plenty of other places where people can find me and do that. But if you can find a way to get to me, any of that stuff, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook fan page, go ahead. Maybe I'll start a Facebook fan page for the, oh God, another page. Enough, enough. Anyway. Well, if you're just listening to this for the first time, this is awful. I I understand. But um, that's your fault for starting something. See, this is already a train that has started. And then you're getting on and criticizing the ride. We missed the view. We already went by the ocean. And this is the more industrial part of the train ride. You're going to just throw away the whole train? Stay on it. Stay on it. We're going somewhere. Okay. So what I wanted to talk about this week. Now, I don't want to be the comedian who only talks about things that have to do with being on the road. But I just happen to be on a book tour. And I even hate to say tour because being on tour to me means that you have not seen home in four months and you keep washing the same shirt from your suitcase on a rock outside of your Motel 6 and, you know, hanging it in the shower every night and eating, you know, Cheez-Its from the vending machine and, you know, picking up your amplifiers and putting them in the van. I feel like it tour means like you're some cool indie band and, and and you're reading about, you know, this band before they got famous is what they did. Or tour means you're, you're Led Zeppelin on the private jet. And, um, you know, it's fueled by groupies. I know tour does not mean that I have a responsible 40 hour a week writing job. And then three weekends a month, from Thursday through Sunday, I go to a different city or two. That doesn't seem like a tour to me, but you know what I'm saying? I have a string of travel dates spread out over the last few months, and I have been flying probably a lot more than I usually do, and obviously a lot more than someone who doesn't need to go on a tour. (laughs) But I saw something on a plane that I cannot get out of my head. And it really doesn't have too much to do with flying. And it made me think about the things that we love to do. It made me think about a lot of things. And I don't even want to give the thesis first because it's about so much more. My head went to so many places when I saw and witnessed what I witnessed. Now, I was flying from Portland, Oregon Los Angeles. Now I was supposed to get on a 7 a.m. flight and I had to do a few shows and I was not able to get back to my hotel room until one in the morning. And I had uh, a cab that was going to come get me at 5 a.m. Now this is getting back to the hotel at one in the morning. This is now I have to pack and I have to be ready to leave at 5 a.m., not up at 5 a.m. And I knew I'm going to get three hours sleep I'm going to feel awful. By the time I go to the airport, fly home, drive home, I may or may not be in a good position to nap all day, which I think when I book plane tickets, I think, yeah, get out of there early, get home. I'll be home by 930. How cool is that? Not that cool because then you can't sleep. And now you're just exhausted and feel sick all day. So at the last minute, In my hotel room, I switched my plane ticket to leave Portland, Oregon in the evening. And in my switching, I was able to upgrade to first class on Virgin America. Now, I thought that sounds delightful. So I did. I spent the day in Portland just resting. Why don't you call me? I don't know you that well. Okay. So... And that's the other thing. I just spend my whole time on the road going, no, I can't meet you. Sorry, I can't have coffee. Sorry, I can't have dinner. Sorry, I can't have drinks. I'm just in and out. I'm in and out. Anyway, get on the plane. Usually in first class, we've all had the opportunity to fly it. Maybe you haven't, but it's not a wealthy thing. Sometimes there's an opportunity. I do not book ever a ticket out of the blue first class. I don't start there and pay $1,200 each way, but I'll throw a hundred bucks to an upgrade. Absolutely. I will. Absolutely. You go through the lines faster. It's just a way better experience. And when your nerves are shot and you're tired, it's worth it. Anyway, plus when I'm on the road, I'm not going and doing anything on the weekend, that you, you take that hundred bucks and you spend that on drinks on a weekend. I'm working. So I spend it on an upgrade. Why am I justifying it? I'm a 40 year old woman. Anyway, you're 40, no, 38 and a half, 38 and a not half 38 and a one month to my birthday. Oh God. Anyway. So I get on the plane and you know, when you see a rich person that they just look different than us. Not even like a new money person, someone who just got rich, maybe they're an actor and they just had a windfall. You can still see some remnants of that they grew up without money, but someone who was born rich has a perfection about them that is unreal. The details, it looks like they have never used anything that they are wearing or holding or carrying. There was a woman on the plane. She was already in her seat. She had the aisle. I was in the window. She was getting her things together. She had two suitcases. I've never even seen suitcases like this. Pure, soft leather, just soft leather, like, like a leather bound notebook. Like the calf, like had just been massaged to death and then just gently folded over and turned into a suitcase. It was just beautiful leather. Beautiful color, subtle tan, one piece interlocked and fit perfectly over the other. I have suitcases that're supposed to do that. They look like they look like they've been on the front lines of a war and that someone slept in them and they're like beautiful Samsonite luggage the kind of wheels that spin around it's supposed to fit in every time i put one on top of the other i'm going through the airport they fall apart i'm like sorry sorry everyone's like running over me like they don't care like like there's a stampede like a bomb is coming and i'm like oh my god you know i'm always kind of a wreck and so i always remember this when i was a little kid i would feel so good leaving the house i would be like I love my cute little outfit. Within two seconds of getting outside, one sock would be falling down. My other shoe would give me a blister. There'd be blood on my heel. My face would get dirty. I was like pig pen. I just, and I still have that same vibe. Everything I do looks like I just half ran out of the house, even when I painstakingly try to look good. So, and my things are always a mess. And it's like, I have a very expensive purse, but it's a mess. I treat it well, but it just seems sloppy. I guess because it's a big floppy purse. It's not like, you know, thing. but that's my pride and joy in my purse, but it doesn't look expensive when it's on me. It just, everything about me, I just feel like floppy doppy. It's not, I don't know what that (laughs) means, but I always feel like a Muppet sometimes. I don't know. I just, I just feel floppy. You're not fat. It's not a fat thing. It's like, um, I don't know what it is. I just feel like I'm a mess. I always feel like I'm a little girl playing dress up and I just look a little off, but this woman looked like I was born rich. Okay. So she's sitting there. She seems annoyed that she has to stand up and let me in the, you know, window seat. She's got one of those prissy faces, right? Like pinched lips, little nose, little cute button nose, perfect arched eyebrows. Very moisturized face, you know that rich people skin, some wrinkles. She's she's definitely about fifty. Blonde hair, okay, straight, silky, some grey, some dark roots, just beautifully kind of you know, all different you know, nicely done hairdo. She's got her perfect little shoes on, her little um the only thing I could think of with her shoes was that she was barefoot inside them, inside her little flats, her little leather flats with the little um, Swarovski crystals on them. I was like, so at one point she was barefoot waiting in line going through TSA. And that kind of delighted me. Like maybe underneath all this perfection, the bottom of her feet are black. I don't know. So she's sitting there, very prissy, nails, perfect, beautiful jewelry, not my kind of jewelry where I just have like a leather strap and you know I have like a big gold watch that seems expensive, but it's not. And You know, I've got some like weird ring that I bought at a, on a street corner and, but she has like real jewelry that someone my age should have by now, you know, um, but I never, I never seem to date the kind of people that have their shit together enough to like get what real jewelry is. And first of all, no one is buying me jewelry. Oh, I will. Don't be sad. I'm not sad. I buy my own jewelry, but I don't even, it just indicates a whole life. Like this was inherited from my mother. My husband gave me this because he understood that women should have nice things. And then, oh, I bought this for myself when I was just, you know, at whatever. I can't even think, I can't even think of a nice store. I was about to say Macy's. Anyway, she just looked nice prissy and nice. So I sit there and she sits there reading a book, A, a book that looked like it just got off the printing press. Just perfect. Like it, like it has, it never gets tossed about in her bag. She never accidentally leaves a lipstick open that gets on the purse. She's obviously not eating and reading. It's not bent back and wet from dropping it in the foot soak at the, at the nail salon. I mean, she's even the book is pristine and she just sits there reading it. She doesn't have any reaction to the takeoff. The only thing she does do is she gets some kind of drink while we're waiting. And it has an orange slice in it. I think it's an old fashioned or something. I didn't hear what she said, but it was an alcohol drink. She drank it quite fast, but not like downing it. But, but she managed to finish the whole thing before takeoff. Then once we're in flight and they bring out the dinner, she orders a beer with her dinner. And that was very interesting. I don't even drink beer. I mean, I will, like, I'm not a non-beer drinker. Um, if it's the only choice, I'll have one, but I just don't pick that first. It seemed like a weird thing to eat with dinner if you were this, this kind of prissy, priss face. She has a beer with her dinner. Her dinner is delivered. She crosses herself, the sign of the cross, and then puts her hands into the prayer position and nods for a minute. So she's Catholic, obviously, and says a prayer. And I was just wondering, like, that is so weird. I very rarely see anybody bless themselves before they eat. I don't even think I saw, I saw a priest at a Cinnabon once and I, he seemed to not even acknowledge the Lord in that moment. He was just really focused on balancing his, uh, attache case type thing and eating the Cinnabon out of the back. So I've never really seen anyone cross themselves and I was wondering if it was a superstition, or if she really is like, dear God, thank you specifically for this food. Thank you, Jesus, for handing the penne pasta through through the, the window of the airplane to the Virgin America stewardess flight attendant. And putting it down for me. Like, is she that literal religious? Is it just a blessing? Like, there's some people in the world who are starving, and thank you, Lord, that I get to eat. Is it superstition? Like, I don't want to choke on a plane. Because I always think about that. There's places that I'm like, this would be a bad time to choke. That's why I don't like to stay too high up on hotel floors, because it's not quite the heights that I have a fear of, but it's like if I'm taking a pill before bed then I'm like, what if I choke? I'm on floor 15. Now I have to go to the elevator, hit 15, wait for the elevator to come. It's stopping. Imagine you're choking on a pill and you're on floor 15 and there just goes, boom. And you're like, damn it. Why does someone on 12 need the elevator? And the door is open. You're like, uh, and they're like, what? And you're like, uh, uh." you know, by the time you get to the lobby, they've pronounced you dead. If you're staying on the third floor, you get right to the lobby. You can get saved. Sometimes I will go to the lobby to take my pill Just in case if I choke on it, someone's right there. Now that's a little bit stupid, right? And I told my psychiatrist that. And um, the psychiatrist suggestion was don't start getting into weird habits like that. If you you think, oh, I'm going to choke on a pill and I have to go to the lobby to take it, then you have to go up to the guy behind the counter and go, hey, I'm on floor 15. I'm just taking a pill in front of you because I'm afraid I'm going to choke on it. Now it seems like cruel and like, why would a psychiatrist recommend that? But it does help me because now I think about that when I'm in a hotel room taking a pill, I go, I'm kind of afraid. What if I choke on this? I'm all by myself. No one will know. Or what if I don't make it to the elevator in time and there's no chairs around to self Heimlich? Well, I'm going to go to the lobby and I'm going to announce it. And then I go, Jen, just grow up. And then I take the pill. So we'll see. Anyway, so maybe she was superstitious. Like I just bless myself because if I choke on a plane, I'm screwed. Which I actually don't think you are. I think planes, I think of them as like mini hospitals because I think behind everything, there's they got oxygen, they got the clear, the defibrillator, they've got there's always a doctor, right? They can. I just feel like it's probably a, a better place than like a subway or a cab to have a choking fit. So. She does that. And I'm like, okay, she's very prim and proper, obviously, right? Then they clear her thing. She orders another beer. So now she's had three drinks in 45 minutes, or she's on her third. She's a small woman. And, you know, I feel like you get a little drunker when you're flying in the in the air. Well, Well, yeah, when you're flying on the ground, when you're... When you're in the air, when you're in the altitude, right? Don't you think? I don't know if it's proven. Please please don't send me corrections. Please don't send me corrections. Well, technically just, um, you know, I'm kind of pontific. I'm babbling, whatever. It's not like, oh, I can't wait to read Twitter and see if a 25 year old white guy tells me there's actually not anything on a plane that can save you. Shut up. Shut up, you bore. Anyway, so I'm just watching her, and she hasn't looked at me. The whole, we never even made eye contact and said hello when I sat down, which is fine with a me. Then she has another beer, so now she's had four beers on the flight. It's a short flight, so now we're starting to land, and they're like, "Okay, in uh, you know, 15 minutes, get re- like get ready to get ready, right? You you got 15 more minutes of reclining, your Wi-Fi, your this and that." And on the last moment where they're like okay we're landing and we've probably got 10 minutes till we're on the ground 15 10 minutes. She pulls out an iPod. It was first time I saw any electronics on her. She was just reading her prissy book before this. Pulls out an iPod. Puts the earbuds in her ears. It is louder than my friend Steve used to listen to his headphones in high school. He used to listen to the Misfits so loud in his, not the Marilyn Monroe movie, the band. He used to listen to it so loud that you could hear it in a classroom with the door shut. If he was just walking by down the hall, this is how loud this woman's headphones are. Now I realize I described some, I described a situation you weren't in this woman on the plane listening to music. And then just to let you know how loud it was, I compared it to another situation that you personally haven't been in. Like, see, See how another example from my life that you weren't there for? That's how that, this one was just like that one. It doesn't help clarify anything for you, but I think you get how loud it was. I honestly, at one point thought she was playing a small radio. I actually, it wasn't until I looked and saw the earbuds and then I realized this is just how loud her headphones are. The entire first class couldn't hear it. She was listening to Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye and for the first time she reclined. So everyone else had been reclined during the flight. She'd been sitting up crossing herself, eating dinner, reading. And then when they said it's time to sit up straight and turn off your electronic devices, she reclined and put one on. It was the smallest act of rebellion I had ever seen. And it was perfectly controlled just like everything else, even though she had had four drinks. And she's just sitting there with her eyes shut. She's not moving to the music and it's just blaring sexual healing. And then the flight attendant tapped her on the arm and said, ma'am, you're going to have to bring your seat up. She opened her eyes, looked at him, brought her seat up while remaining eye contact with him. The music is still blaring. He said, you're going to have to power that down now while we land. And then he went and sat in the seat that they sit in when we're landing. The minute he walked away, she reclined again. And now Gold Digger by Kanye West, the version with the N-word, is playing. I could not understand what was happening. Then after that, It was Let's Get It On. Then after that, it was that song that, uh, oh, what is that song? That President Obama sang it once at some news conference. Everyone went crazy because he nailed the first line of it. The Al Green song. ah, so in love with you. Is that it? Uh, Let's stay together. Let's stay together. By the way, everyone can nail the first line of that song. I'm not bashing the president. This isn't a, a, a political thing. But sing the whole song. Barry, if you want credit, but everyone's like, Oh my God, that was amazing. Everyone gets it's like I say about, about Michael Jackson songs. You want to sing man in the mirror? Of course you can, but get to the part where it's like, I'm stuck. You can't do that part, but you could impress a room of people and go, I'm going to make a change for once in my life. It sounds decent, right? Not to the part where it's like, I can't do that anyway. So she sits there defiant but quiet, quiet defiance and just listens to sexy black men music all the way down until we land. And I, and then she sits up, puts the iPod in her beautiful calf skin, you know, luggage thing. I guess it's called luggage and walks off the plane perfectly, you know, not tipsy, not drunk, not seemingly affected. And I just thought, who is this woman? And it just, so many things went through my head. Like, okay, she had to have been drunk. Even if she's an alcoholic or a a country club lady who drinks a lot, alcohol affects you after four drinks. It just does. And she didn't exhibit any signs. And I love that maybe she's just so repressed that that's even how she's drunk. And And it was brilliant. You know, it was like, uh, in the movie Flight, right? When Denzel Washington is testifying. Okay, spoiler alert. Beep, beep, bop, bop, pop me um So don't, if you didn't hear, see the end of the movie, don't listen to this part. He, um, He's really, really drunk. He's been drinking all night and he's at the, the hearing and they're like, were you drunk when you were flying? And he just goes, I'm drunk right now. And you're like, oh my God, brilliant. It's so much more affecting because everyone's shocked and he's like, yeah, that's how good I am at drinking is you don't even know when I'm drunk sometimes. That then as an actor, you're like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. You, you know, no more, you know, if you ever get a role in a movie, you don't have to be like, I have something to tell you. You can just be the kind of drunk. That's like, let me tell you something, son, your mother's a bitch, you know? And then it's like, well, that's weird that he said that. Oh, cause he's drunk, but you don't have to show it necessarily. So maybe she's just that person. What was the sexy music about? Does she, does she start to get horny when she's had a few drinks? No matter where she is, she's like, gotta bust out the Al Green, Kanye, Marvin Gaymix. I got him. And like, is that a play? It was a blatant playlist. She wanted to listen to these songs in that order. I, and I was wondering, okay, is she getting psyched up? There's nothing, nothing like being on a plane when it's landing. And you're going to meet a gentleman. I know that sounds like some weird like I'm doing some weird stuff where I'm flying around the country for play dates, but I don't mean that. But you know, if you have a boyfriend and you're landing to see him in a city or, or whatever, and you're just excited and you just kind of fantasize about seeing him, like, was she doing that? Was she getting ready, you know, to see someone or just indulging how you know, rare she felt, or is it the opposite? Well, I've got to see Charlie again, and this we've been married fifty years, and if I have enough alcohol and enough sexy music then that'll get me through our boring missionary sex that we're going to have and then he'll roll over and fall asleep and wake up in the middle of the night and read the Wall Street Journal and have life cereal and I'll light a cigarette and have some champagne and then that's how we'll just do it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what her life was or if she just has an elaborate fantasy or maybe she's like the most fun person ever, but she just needs to be around other people. Like if I had turned to her and been like, let me get you a drink and then been like, Oh, what's up with Kanye's new album? You know, she would have been like, girl, I can't believe it either or whatever. Maybe she just, I used to elaborately fantasize in my head when, when my once a year trip with my family to Florida one year, we decided F Disney world let's just go to a beach. And I met a boy, I was 12 and I liked him a lot. And I think he liked me. We'd play volleyball every day. And then at night, um, he and I, and some other girls and boys would, um, sit on the beach and watch the sunset. Um, I was cool. My parents let me do that. They never let me do anything. I guess they thought on vacation, it was safer, but I really liked him and I, I was hoping he would kiss me or something, but I don't think I made, I don't think I come off like I'm available to be kissed by you. If we're in a situation, I think I have to say, Oh, by the way, it'd be cool if you kiss me. Cause I think guys get afraid. And so not cause I'm like, cause of my extreme beauty and prowess. I think it's just like, I come off like, please leave me alone. And mo- I'm glad I do because then I can, if I don't want to be left alone, I'll make it known. But otherwise I think it's a good um, way to be. So But he never did. And so I was very sad on the flight home. And I put, um, I had my mixtape, George Michael. I think it was Cyndi Lauper's Time After Time. I want to say George Michael's Kissing a Fool. I'm not sure if that was out yet, but it was some sad George Michael song. I think definitely Cyndi Lauper Time After Time. And I listened to it on my headphones. I'm sure other people could hear, hear mine too. And I would just look out the window and pretend I was crying and pretend I was in a movie about a girl who had to leave the love of her life. Because I didn't get his address. I had no idea if I'd ever see him again. I only knew his name and where he was from. And I honestly forget now. There was no Twitter back then, kids. This is tragedy. There was no Instagram me. That was it. And then someone later told me, you know, that, that's what the time after time video was. It was Cindy Lauper crying, looking out a window. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. Because I wasn't allowed to watch music videos growing up. Because I don't know why my parents thought it'd be inappropriate for me to see a woman crying on a bus. But anyway, I, I didn't know that. So I was like-minded with the director. So thank you. So maybe she was just having some elaborate fantasy. Maybe maybe, maybe she just sits there and thinks about the sexy woman she wishes she was, and then she opens her eyes and we've landed. But I don't know if it's a first-class thing, but they never came back and bothered her again. I mean, I know he saw her. He must have seen her, this guy sitting in his little, is it called the jump seat? Yeah, uh, you know, looking in our direction. He must have heard, let's get it on. Ooh. I love that lyric. We're all sensitive. See, I sound terrible. We're all sensitive people with so much to give. I love that song. It really just sounds like someone coaxing you to have sex with them and just all the reasons he's coming up to, coming up with. Look, since we get to be here, let's live. It's like, no, I get that, but I'm not. I don't want to get on with you. There's nothing wrong with me loving you. No, I know there isn't, but I'm not into you. Not into you. I came here because I like your friend. He left early. Now I'm like kind of sad, so I'm just staying here drinking. Anyway, see how bad that song would be if you heard the other person's point of view. See, that's why I don't want a co-host. It's just my point of view. What if Marvin Gaye had had a, a co-host? Is that Marvin Gaye's song? Oh my God, she got it wrong. That was Marvin Hamlish did that song. Anyway. I'm dying to know who this woman was. And just like that boy on the beach in Florida, I don't think I'll ever see her again. I wish I could call, you know, Virgin America and go, hey, I'm sorry to bother you. I was on this flight and this woman was in seat 2A. What is her name? I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm not a murderer or like a stalker or like a creditor. I'm just want to know her name. I want to go to her Facebook page. Like, that's all I want to do. Don't you think if you were her, you would want to get an email or a Facebook message from me that's like, hey, sorry to bother you. I was on a flight next to you and I found your behavior in the first hour and 45 minutes to be wildly inconsistent with the last 15 minutes of the trip. And you fascinate me. Can you please explain your sexy black man music that you were listening to and your overt drinking? Could you just explain what was going on in your head and where were you going after that? Thanks. Just just curious. God, what if that woman is listening right now, but she doesn't recognize that it's her for some reason, (laughs) that would be more psychotic than her just sitting there quietly listening to music that honestly makes you want to, you know, kind of rub up and down on the seat, but she wasn't, she kept it good. I think I'm going to, oh, another weird thing, by the way. So it's like, Uh, So uh, we, you know, I've complained a few times about babies on planes. I'm not saying don't bring them. And I know it's hard for the parents and, uh, but the parents have to realize we're allowed to say something. Some of us are business travelers and our schedule sucks and we need those four hours to sleep and it's our fault too, but it's your fault too. It's everyone's fault, but we get to complain and just deal with it. I feel like the parents are a little sensitive and they immediately want you to shut up when you're complaining, but that's what's like me. I want your kid to shut up when he's screaming. And I feel bad for your kid. I, I don't feel bad for you. I feel bad for the kid, but I going go get noise canceling headphones. What planet are you from that noise canceling headphones work when the child is next to you on the plane? So anyway, I did have noise canceling headphones on, on a flight to Canada and the flight attendant came over and there was a screaming baby right next to me. And the flight attendant came over and said, you have to take those off during takeoff. And I said, oh, no, they're not plugged into my iPod. I know. My iPod's turned off. They're just on my head because they help filter out the noise. She goes, can't have a bulky thing on your head during takeoff. I go, what? She goes, earbuds only. I go, but who would put earbuds in their ear? That doesn't do anything. You know, unless it was attached to music. But I go, I'm doing it for the noise filter. She goes, No. I've never heard that in my life. You can't have a bulky thing. So if a terror... Okay, so otherwise, thank God I didn't have the bulky headphones on. I took them off. And if there had been a terrorist attack, boy, would I have been ready. You know, just it, it, like, can we all stop pretending that passengers... Can- I know Flight 93, they said, let's roll, and they took it down. It still didn't work out. Can we stop pretending that passengers can do a damn thing if a plane is crashing or a terrorist is there? are you able to assist in case of an emergency? Can you open that door? Yes, I can. I always sit next to the exit row door. They know I can't open that door. I'm small. I have no upper body strength. They know I can't open that door and they don't care because it doesn't matter. Also, if the plane lands on water, you think I'm just going to sit there and open the door. I'm going to go, help, help, and make the flight attendant do it. I'd love to talk to the passengers on the Sully Sullenberg plane and go, did any of you really open the damn door and remember anything they said in the opening announcement? Or did the flight attendants come to it? I will bet you 400 cents that not one person was like, well, thank God I listened to that intro because I know exactly how to open the door. Oh, I do have a retraction from last week's episode. I said, I'd never seen a dove That is not true. I, in fact, worked with a dove on a television show called Acceptable TV. It was a show that Dan Harmon, who was a creator of Community, was a sketch show I was on. He created that uh, back in, I don't know, 2006. And I was in a sketch where I was playing some Cirque du Soleil performer and I had to hold a dove and I had to hold it in my hand. For like a second until the camera was ready to roll and then release it. And we had to do that take over and over, but it was like a professional dove. It wasn't just like some asshole off the street. It was like, it had like an agent and shit and, you know, it was just smoking a cigarette before it jumped into my arms. It was not like difficult to deal with at all, but I have held a dove. Still don't know what its tail looks like, but I have held a dove. And by the way, I think I'm going to apply for that thing, you know, where you don't have to go through security anymore because you give your the government your entire identity, what it's called, global or nexus or whatever. Don't email me what it's called. I have the application on my desk. I'm just talking into a microphone for fun. It's called this. My mother did it. You have to call this 1-800 number. To be fair, just a clarification. I know you don't want to hate, but uh, if you find yourself about, if you f- find yourself about to email me, tweet me, Facebook me a correction, like I know she probably wants this info. Please don't. Any info I need in life, I am a go-getter. I will get that info. I don't want to hear it from you. I don't know why that annoys me so much. It's just a thing I have. Anyway, I think I'm going to apply for that because I don't have time to get to the DMV during normal business hours because their business hours are my business hours. And they're not open Sunday. Why is it? Everything should be open Sunday. We are not not, uh, orthodox religious people. Orthodox is Saturday. Shut up. Everything should be open Sunday. That's the only day people have off. I want to go to the DMV on Sunday. Put it right next to a church. People go to the DMV. They go to church. I don't go to church, but just put it wherever you want. I just want to go on Sunday. That's when I want to go. But I need to get a new license photo because I was blonde in my license. And the TSA agent guys keep me aside every time. I pull out my photo. They look at me. Now I have very long brown hair and they go is this you? And I go, yes. And they go, huh? When was this photo taken? I'm like, I don't even remember the year I have. I go, then I start going back in my head. Like, when was I blonde? And I'm like trying to match it up to like, I'm like, well, I think it was. And they're like, they're so confused by someone dying their hair. I'm like, oh, that's how I know. I'm like, oh, they've never had a girlfriend. Like they just don't know women. Like women change their hair all the time. I have a new hairstyle. I have two new hairstyles a year, but as long as it basically is the same color, you don't have to keep getting a new photo, but It's just like, oh, they never had a girlfriend. Like that's what, that's all that means to me. They could be gay. They're not gay. I know the difference between a gay and a guy who has never had a girlfriend. Trust me. A guy who's never had a girlfriend is never mistaken for gay because that guy usually looks like no one has ever been like, you got to wash clothes, dude. Anyway, and the ones who have never had a girlfriend that seem gay, they are gay, but there's not a straight guy who's never had a girlfriend that you would confuse with a gay guy. You just wouldn't. So that's my update, my update. I thought, well, my podcast. Let's get it on. You know what I'm talking about. That's my favorite part too. I used to have this boyfriend in college. who thought he was black. He'd be like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm like, please stop saying that in public and in private. Okay, you guys. Oh, it's a short one this week, 39 minutes.